and welcome back to Fumble Around with Breakboard, guys. Uh, I'm your host, Steiner. I know, it's been a while. Uh, old folks, if you're back listening, I appreciate it. I know it's been a little hiatus. I kind of just stopped uh, with the whole project. And, um, you know, that's not fair to you guys, first of all. But uh, what happened is just I kind of was overconsumed with a lot of things. And this one kind of was one of the projects I kind of let go. And, uh, you know, things happen. And uh, I started a, another whole, because I was more focused, I guess, political. And I, I wanted a new artistic endeavor, I guess you could say. So, um, you know, I left this behind for a little bit. And uh, lately, I've been really thinking about bringing it back and I've been wanting to bring it back. And uh, I've been getting into coaching more. I just started, uh, just got a job as a GV, I think, uh, soccer coach, which is cool. Uh, I played soccer growing up a lot, uh, four years varsity and stuff like that. Um, had a lot of fun. So I, I, you know, I'm excited to be coaching more and more involved. And, uh, but I am still skeptical with a lot of things going on. Uh, obviously you guys know that uh, since I've last, recorded an episode which was with Andy Reid which was perfect because he's the he was the previous host of the show so I thought it was a great way to kind of end out uh with him and uh now we're going to come back full circle I have uh, I brought back on my very first uh guest I guess I should be looking at the camera sorry guys you know what listen wasn't planning on this being on video we were going to do this on Zedcaster uh last minute went to video it's all right. So we made it happen on Zoom. So hopefully, I, you know, I'm just going to assume I figure out all the, all the, you know, this is a one-man project, guys. So this is what I was kind of saying and it being a lot and everything. But uh, I'm going to assume I can figure it all out. Maybe this will come out on video. The plan wasn't for me to start. You know, I wanted to get the video stuff. But, you know, kind of like the pandemic, you know, uh, Jarvis here put me in force mode and made me go out of my comfort zone and <laughs> go ahead and get into the video, right? So... Uh, those of you who may have not listened to my first episode, my first guest was a, a good friend of mine that I uh, went to war with almost, I felt like, like where you are at. It's like in a mindset that, you know, uh, at Covenant House Academy, which was something that was near and dear to me just because I learned so much through that process, more than any school could have taught me. You know, I went to I went to a bunch of colleges. I don't know this, Jarvis, but welcome, Jarvis Mitchell, to uh, Fumble Around Detroit Sports. Jarvis, uh, your Twitter handle is Bedrocks10. Bedrocks Best 10. Best 10. Oh, yeah. Very humble of yourself. Bedrocks, yeah. and, uh, you know. And what is, what is a bedrock? Uh, it's where I'm from. I'm from Flint, Michigan. Yeah. And, so, know, yeah. So that's where the Flintstones live. So that's why I put Bedrock. So do all the other, because, I mean, there's a decent amount of talent that's came out of right there right i mean was there was there a few uh michigan state players or absolutely so does does everybody know that you have that as your twitter handle uh if you i mean if you're on social media yeah Yeah. you do and i mean (laughs) i say it a lot you know i mean i i don't want to you know i don't want to be boring like everyone else and put flint finest or whatever the case (laughs) may be so i thought i would add the you know the bb behind it you know just to have a little fun with it. No, know. I love it. I love it. Uh, look, as an athlete, I think it is important that you have a mentality that you are the best or want to be the best, right? And if you, you the know, only thing you have, right? <laughs> the only thing you have. 
you know, a lot of people are going to out there doubting you and stuff until you made it, right? Then everyone, once you made it, then everyone's your best friend and telling you what you want to hear and stuff, right? Oh, man. I, I, that's when you get to hear, I knew it. <laughs> I had you all the time. I knew it. There, I used to, t- you know, you get to hear the stories of people with semi-confessions and grown people. Yeah. And they're lying through their teeth to you. Yep. And it's like, this is unimaginable. You know, you're sitting here telling me that you knew all along. That, yeah, right? Yeah. And you, you know how it is. So you, you play professionally? What, yes. what did you, yes, right? And yes. so how, who, who, how many people told you they thought you could make it professionally on your way up? My grandmother. <laughs> My grandmother. How do grandmas do that, right? Yeah, like, well, wait. It's, it's, it's in the Grandma Cole book where they can't tell you you're not going to make it. <laughs> so, you know, like, I believe, I mean, if you, if, if a, let's say a grandmother had a, a grandchild that was um, four foot 11 and 88 pounds. <laughs> and, yeah. and a grandson said, Grandma, I want to be a heavyweight boxer. She'll be like, baby, you can do anything you put your mind to it. It's you like, wow. But there is so much power to that, actually. A hundred percent. The thing is what I learned. And at first, I because I was I'm a person that don't follow cliches as much because I think cliches are just something someone put out to motivate you. And it's the farthest thing from the truth. It's yeah. not. You really can be whatever you want to be. You really can. And there's nothing that can prevent you from being it. But now, it depends on the extreme that you're willing to go through. See, I think I think that's the part they leave out. You can be anything you want to be, but there are some extremities behind it that are going to, you know, blockade you from getting to where you want to get to, if where you when you think you should. Well, um, well, you've seen. Probably more than most people. I would put you at a high spectrum of inequality. You've been around inequality and people reaching out to them and trying to be a support system. More, you know, you've seen. I, I, I've. I don't know because I have. I went to the school. We worked at the same school, but I did not have the same job as you. I worked right. within the school, and you worked out without in the community. So you got to see where our students lived and the, you know, the households and the environments that they, you know, you were trying to bring them out of and trying to gain their trust too, right? Like how many trust issues, you know, that like, so, um, you know, it's one thing just to tell them though, you know, like buckle up your, you know, bootstraps and like, you just got to do what you got to do. Right. But we also understand like there's some crazy inequalities and support systems that aren't in place. And, um, you know, first of all, um, you know, I know this is a sports show and, uh, you know, some people don't like their sports and politics to mix or whatever, but like, it's going to happen right now. And not their brother and sister, right? Their brother and sister. So, um, obviously, yeah, I agree. Right. And at this moment, I think people, first of all, owe Colin Kaepernick an apology universally, you know, if anybody, you know, the people that went against him, that guy, all he means, he means so much like well and good heartedness. Like he's working in the community, you know, he's been, I'll say blackballed by the NFL for mm-hmm. how many years now? I don't even know how many years it is anymore. It's been right. a while. Cause I was following him. That was when I was at Covenant house, like things that was going on and stuff like that. And I called in 
to, I remember calling it, I don't call the 97 one the ticket very much, but I called the 97 one the ticket. I'm not going to even say who, uh, it was late at night. So I'm not even going to say who the uh, person that was hosting the show was, but I talked about how that was a big moment. And I compared it to the Olympic moment where, you know, with the fist in the air. And he was like, no way, blah, 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 and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, okay, you know, he just put me down. And I, I won't forget that. I, but, you know, like he's the host of his own show and stuff. Like, I don't know. So, right. But Colin Kaepernick is an amazing human being. And all he wants is to educate people and provide an opportunity for people to grow and, you know, talk about what, you know, you, that, that you talk about, you have an opportunity to be what you want to be. But it's true to a point right? I mean, there's odds. We're also talking about odds of you getting out of your opportunity and what, you know, your advantages that you have and talk, you know, so when you're put in a place of poverty, like your schooling's bad, your housing's bad, your food's bad, your, you know, the, the, the you know, maybe you're, you have people who've been locked up. If we want to get into the private prison system, which is, I mean, America is what, five percent of the world's population and yet we imprison 25 percent of the pop world's population and then it's for profit right <laughs> right so from experience work like i said when we went to work i felt like we were working against it was in war like the kids that we were trying to help and build confidence in were coming from systems like and that you know i was I, you didn't meet me i don't think i think i was there a little ahead of you but yeah, I was much more chubbier and fat. I was much more uh, privileged. <laughs> like I, I was like, okay. And then I realized like what struggle was. Right. I learned struggle from my students. Right. And I mean, I want even, even when I became deaf and all that, like I almost didn't care because I'm like, I still have it. Whatever, I can still do whatever I want. I lost a big portion of my hearing. I, you know, I went through this, but I'm like, I still, just because of what I knew my students were struggling to get through just to try to get like a high school diploma, you know, the, the kids, I think about the young females trying to like get to the buses and stuff like that and coming to school early, you know, how dangerous that is. hundred percent. So, um, you know, I agree with, you know, like, so the independence that you talk about that you need to fight for, we also need to realize there's a collectivism too, right? That sometimes we don't always appreciate, I think. No, uh, again, I think you touched on that when you said, you know, I lost a big part of my hearing, but still in all, I remain upbeat because I understand there's somebody that shared a way deeper struggle than I. Yeah. When we, and, and, and I think that's the problem with America I don't think we balance the truth of our struggles and what's really bad. Uh, I've always wanted to take a, I mean, if anybody, I mean, I have a book coming out probably in about two months. Okay. And uh, what's it called? You got it's called, I, I Wear My Feelings. Okay. Yeah. And that's the first I've ever told anyone. I know. The, 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 the title. So <laughs> you're getting a lot of exclusive material. There we go. And where um, will it be? Can I get like an Amazon or something like that? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try to put it out as many outlets as I can. All right. But um, I, yeah, I, I don't want to screw Amazon. Get it where else. You know, if you could get it, if you could get it some other business or something like that, that could help small. If that has right. been happening. Right. I, I'll be out the back of my trunk in the beginning. <laughs> there I'll, you go. Know, right. Yeah. Amazon right. doesn't need my publicity. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I talk about how I feel about deaf people and how I how I hurt behind it because I'm so attracted to the culture 
and how it, it kind of breaks me down every time I see um, people signing. It, it kills me. I can't watch it for more than two seconds. I'm drawn to it. Yeah. And every time I see it, I cry. Like, it's like instantly. It's like something that triggers me. And I've been with people and I'll look and I'll start crying. And people are like, yo, what's going on? <laughs> to, I feel like to be denied that from birth and for me to get some of the privileges that I have that we take for granted is immeasurable. So every time something happens to me, and I get upset or I ask why God, then I start to balance everything around me and I factor in that there's somebody going through something way harsher right. than I go through. It it humbles me. Right. You know what I mean? I think that's, that's important, but I, America has a long way to go before it becomes humble. A long way to go. Because I don't have to sympathize with your struggle. <sighs> You know what I mean? That, that, I that's, now. Now, now that's what we're being taught. Look, I don't have to sympathize with your struggle because I was born in the money. So I don't know why you act as crazy as you act. Nor do I care. No. I, when, you know, like last, um, yesterday, you know, I coached girls basketball and my kids were arguing on the court and et cetera, et cetera. And I said, you know, you slept in a bed last night, right? You slept in, you ate whatever you wanted for dinner, right? You woke up to the lights on. And yet here and still, you have the audacity to be upset about something that means nothing. Nothing. And you're arguing about this as if this is the last time that is it has this much relevance. And so, you know, when I when I when I break down what you just said about people and life and them understanding what's really, you know, important. And you look at things, none of this stuff matters. You know what I mean? Uh, going back to the Colin Kaepernick situation, that is probably, he's the equivalence of what happened to Muhammad Ali. You know what I mean? He is the equivalence of what happened to Muhammad Ali simply because he had, he sacrificed his, uh, livelihood. He sacrificed his prominent. I mean, he was yeah. he was on pace to be, you know, a great quarterback or yeah. whatever the case may be. But he'll never he he'll be denied for that because of what he believed in. Mm -hmm. And but that's America. If you don't believe in what I believe in, it's wrong. Yeah. And I'm going to make you pay for it. And I'm going to cripple everybody that wants to come behind you. Yep. So this will never be an issue again. No, he's uh, like I said, I, I've all, I've, you know, I've saluted him for yeah doing that. He could have took the easy road out. And I'm sure a lot of guys do, you know, it's easy, you know, to get that money, get the recognition, you know, I mean, I, this is probably going to go out to a lot of white people in this crowd, you know, and they need to reach out right now. I think if they have black friends or learn from li at least listen to black people, about these subject matters and not just tell them how it is or how they should be, how they should act in a situation and stuff like that. We like to try to tell people what they need to do. And a lot of it's propaganda through the media and sensationalized. And, you know, when I hear 
unfortunate members of my family like bring up propaganda that I hear that I know it's from a certain news source, you know, like, oh, this is all just because, of, you know, the COVID is all because of elections and stuff like that. Still saying this right now. And I'm just saying, please stop watching that. And then they'll go, well, you're just watching this other. I am like, no, I, I, I'm not. I understand sensationalized news. And I'm trying to find independent resources, which is actually crippled right now. Right. You know, investigative journalism and stuff is being shut out. I don't know if you saw the protests or if you've been following the protests. You know, it's hard to keep absolutely. up with everything. There's so much going on at absolutely. once. You know, that's why I, I started coaching and I needed to get out because I, can't, I, I am trying to keep up with everything and it can be overwhelming, right? Right. right. Sources, all the different cities, you know, the, the funding, you know, there's a lot going on right now. There's a lot. It, it, it's, it's right now. It's, it's, it's a rough time. It's yes. Um, it, and we're, I think we're dealing with the generation that is different. is not as oh compliant, oh you know, God. submissive. Here's the thing. Nowadays you have people that are in control or in charge that absolutely have no business. And being in charge. And it's being exposed. Right. Um, I think to be any kind of leader, you have to have, I think the most important balance in leadership is sternness, but also compassion. You know, um, yes. it's not picking and choosing, but it, it is strategizing to make sure you maximize everybody's feelings. Because it's easy for me to say, well, I don't understand why black people loot. I don't think it's fair, the, the looting. Yeah. I don't think it's fair because I believe in, I don't believe all Caucasian people are racist. So we're targeting a lot of different businesses because we're in, in the assumption that some a privileged Caucasian or maybe even a racist Caucasian owns this building. And so that levels what the why. Yeah. And we're doing it. And yeah. well, they own this business. They're rich enough to rekindle or or re, or regroup from any malice that I cause. Yeah. Because these businesses, they have insurance. Yep. You know, I'm watching these videos from Minnesota, San Francisco. Oakland and these are teenagers and they're looting. Yeah. And I'll even go on record to say that 40% of them probably don't even even really uh they even really appraise the situation. Yeah. Uh, they're being opportunists, they're taking advantage. Yeah. Because if you were, then you would never commit a crime towards black people in the beginning. Right. You have black people, you have black teenagers killing black teenagers. You have black teenagers fighting black teenagers. You have black men hitting black women. You have black, you know, so before we can, it's easy for us to go against the who we think the oppressor is when all along we've been our own oppressor as well. Yeah. But it's convenient now. Yeah. I have a reason to be mad now. Yep. And it it kind of for me. It stagnates our growth. Yeah. Me, yeah. me seeing a white person and beating them up, that doesn't erase the 400 years of oppression that we, we went through. 
No, we need more than that. Those are just like visuals that we could see and cheer on or something, or people who want to cheer that stuff on or something. But like, we need actual change. And that becomes with actually voting people in and say, I mean, I know it's a long process, but I will say everything that's happened, there has been some more change now, you know, like people talk about like the civil rights movement and stuff. It wasn't just MLK though. There was another side to that that was a little bit more forceful. Like, you know, you get things done sometimes, but you can't just be like, okay, incremental change and it'll happen. No, like there are things that are rooted deep that we need to get out, right? And some of that is, I mean, the policing and like how they, the, the, the uh, what is it? The immunity that they get, like, you can't even like see what, you know, th- there's a lot, there's a lot to get into that, but we need to get that rooted out. Right. And go ahead. Yeah. Well, I think again, if it isn't for a profit or if it doesn't benefit me or my cause, yeah, I'm not inspired. Yeah. You know, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If, if this doesn't like you have some celebrities that won't speak out against racism because it could potentially hurt their brand. Absolutely. I don't know if you saw the the last dance with Michael Jordan. Um, actually, I wanted to, yeah, I definitely wanted to bring that up. I just saw that recently. I watched right. it with Kim, and let's say Kim, who doesn't watch sports, loved it because right. there's just so much into it. And I, I, I'm born in 86, so I don't remember living through that. I was really young. Right. So watching all that, I learned a lot, but yes. Yeah, well, and so that's what you have. You have a lot of athletes or politicians or whatever they're so image conscious yeah and they're so worried about their livelihood and their and and their family's life changing you know it's funny because i just i just tweeted uh last night um you know every day you're faced with a situation that's going to put you in a real tight mindset of i can lose it all like right now i have a house I have, you know, cards in my dreams, whatever the case may be. But I can risk all of that if someone comes up to me in the street and calls me a nigger or pushes me or punches me. <sighs> and all that can be lost yeah. because of my reaction at the time. I didn't weigh what was most important. Yeah. Am I going to leave my wife to uh, a colossal amount of size bills? Right. And I'm going to have to go to jail All right. because I reacted in a way that suspended what we got going on. You know what I mean? So I'm faced with that. So who am I a slave to? Am I a slave to my integrity? Am I a slave to my integrity? Or am I a slave to the situation that's going on? Yeah. Regardless of the fact we all are slaves to something. Oh, yeah. So am I a slave to this life I have that I've created for myself, that I've worked my ass off? Well, let's uh, hold on. Let's, you know, if we know about, I mean, I'm a history teacher and, you know, I teach a little about world history and stuff, but like, you know, while I want, I know we have a lot of poverty here and a lot of things that we fix need to fix here, but I hope after we do that here, because we, I mean, we should, I mean, how much we spend on our military and stuff like that. If That's what Bernie Sanders is saying right now. If you take 10% of that, and we can invest it into poverty, education, all these other services that actually help people, right? Because I'm sorry, but 
how many times have cops stopped somebody from doing a robbery or something? You know what I'm saying? Like they come to the fact after, but they don't really actually stop anything. No. <laughs> yeah, because again. So robs my house. Like if they're, right. I'm in the process of robbing my house, I'm going to have to defend myself. Like you're not going to be here in time. And right. <laughs> like, and, and especially if you in, so especially if you in uh, a minority field uh, place. Oh yeah. If you, yeah. They, they're not coming, but we've, we've called it the, you know, at the schools we've needed them. Uh, and when I first started there, we had a real big issue happen and they did not come for a long time. Like uh, somebody broke a bulletproof window. Right. He, he, that's crazy. I'm going to give you something that's even more alarming. Let's say we, this country is built up of what? 1% millionaires, billionaires, whatever the case. Yeah. 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 Let's say every year, or whatever the case may be, we took that money from them, right? At the beginning of the year, from the billionaires. Let's say we took 10000 or whatever the case may be. We put it in a bank. Now we got this money maturing. And we take that money and we, we sparingly put it out to women in the men that are trying, we can create a job for men. So some of the men that have had violent past can do something positive with their life. Like it can be a whole reform oh, program yeah. Oh, yeah. with just a minimum Amount of investment. Yep. Right. Because I saw it, it, it takes, you can live modest yeah. off of 40,000 a year. Yeah. I try to live a simple life, a right? Yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah, I need an apartment for $500, $600 a month. And yeah. that's, you know, decent. Yeah. Or whatever the case may be. So I can live modest because I've done it before. Yes. I lived off of $1,000 per month myself. So yeah. no help. I had no, I had no, I had no one I can call if things got tight. I lived in an apartment downtown Detroit. Rough neighborhood. These run neighborhood. The rent was five hundred a month. Out of the thousand. Yeah, yeah. I don't, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to break down to you how I managed. Okay. I'm making five hundred and thirty-five dollars every two weeks. So that's about thousand seventy. Okay. My rent is five hundred. Electricity bill because it's an apartment between eighty to one twenty. Okay. Or you don't pay water or anything like that. But I got a phone bill. That's $60, $70. Food, gas. Um, God forbid I wanted to go to a movie. Yeah, or do anything. But I made it month after month. Yeah. Because I was determined not to go back home or to ask anybody for anything. Yeah. Off of $1,000. Yep. So you, you know, know what I mean? you there's struggle and you can do it through struggle. And sometimes I, there are, you know, um, I will say I was privileged growing up. I'm, I was soft, you know, throughout high school. Cause my, especially my mom, like babied me a lot, gave me what I wanted. Didn't like, she pushed me academically and stuff, but like, I, don't know, I was still soft. And, um, I wish I had the drive now that I did back then. Like it was, right. I have a different mindset. I have a different mindset and how yeah. I see things. You know, I always saw a lot of things as work and not seeing it as, 
I don't know the benefit. I just like the play and I still like the play and stuff, but I now I appreciate like, you know, I have a gym, I, you know, since all this, I set up a gym in my uh, garage and stuff like that, you know, it's just nice, but like, it's important to like keep healthy, you know, and I think a healthy body, healthy mind, I think is very relevant. And uh, I mean, you keep, you keep in really good shape. Uh, no one ever knows how old you are or anything like that. So. Uh, well, I'm gonna, I, I, well, that lets me go to see the point and keep winning them prizes where the guy yeah. has to guess your way to age. You know, so if anybody, I don't know how, if I'm going to post this, but maybe post in the comments, you guys can all take your guesses if you want, or maybe you right, should. Right, right, right. <laughs> Uh, but, um, how important is that? Cause, uh, so I'm getting into more coaching and stuff like that. So I'm going to be coaching soccer. Uh, let's talk about you being a great coach. I follow you on Twitter. Um, more people should look up your Twitter if they want to see again, what it, it's say it one more time. It's bedrock's best follow at B E D R O C K S B E S T one zero. So you're somebody that uh, motivates me, you know, so like, cause you know, it's one thing to have like people you don't know motivate you, but like when you know the people it's, it's real to you. Right. You know, like I don't right. know the rock, <laughs> right, right, right. you know, like that's right, cool right. and stuff, but like, is that real? Like, how's your dude? I don't trust it. But like, you know, when you know people, it motivates you. And I think, you know, that brings the best out of other people and stuff. So like, do you think that's relevant? Like, could you be sloppy and be as effective as a coach? Do you think like, absolutely no. People, as much as they listen to you, they watch you. Right. So I can get on Twitter and regurgitate famous quotes and cliches from Will Smith, Jay-Z, or whatever the case may be. But am I living it? Yeah. See, it's two things. So I'm not going to trust you if you're talking about this, you're talking about this, but every time I see you, it isn't matching up. Right. I... I I, I believe I am who I am today because I can look into the mirror and find my soul each time I look at myself, that I'm actually who I say I am. Right. I've done everything that I say that I've, I'm doing. Everything I'm doing, I've done. Right. This, isn't, this isn't a how-to, a <laughs> manual. I didn't read any of this. This is my life experience. It's, that, not, it's not theory, right? You weren't learning about this in college. I, no, <laughs> I can tell you how to get a scholarship. I can tell you how to sell drugs to get money. I can tell you how to save up your money to buy the dream car, the dream house. I did all this and I'm doing all this. This isn't, well, invest in the right stock and you can get, <laughs> no, I'm not doing that shit. You know what I mean? That's not me. Hey, no, you got to do what you trust. And I mean, we can right. even talk about that, the whole, uh, the marijuana business going on right now and how it's legal. It's legal now. Yep. Uh, you know, it, I, my, my junior year in college, I sold marijuana. Now, why? And I didn't have to, I was on a full ride basketball scholarship. I could have easily been caught and lost my scholarship. But I was so hungry for money yeah. and I was so tired of being broke. When right. I graduated, you know, my graduation, you know how people have open houses and things like that? I got $413 from, from my open house. $413. That's what I went to college with. 
Oh, you're making me feel like so guilty knowing what. Oh no, my no, gosh. No, I don't know. No, I know, yeah, I know but I just. No, but I want people to understand yeah, my truth yeah, and, I get it, right? and my no. reality. I no. went to college with $413 and three outfits. Understand? No, yeah. I got teased <laughs> at college because I didn't have. Again, <sighs> that's what made me who I am. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Now I got a pair of shoes. I can wear every day a new pair, a different pair of shoes. I can wear every day to October. I have literally have over 90 pairs of shoes, but that's what made my struggle even more. I can look back at the time and be like, damn, I remember, man, I had to wear my basketball shoes, my going out shoes, and my running on the field shoes. And I have my other teammates looking at me like, dog, why are you wearing your, I'm like, this is what I got. Yeah, like what? Oh, yeah, man. but I, I, I now I look back at that time and I yeah. look at all those kids that were privileged. Yeah, none of those kids made it to pro. Right. Only, the only I'm the only kid from that from that team that made it pro because I got tired of not having. Uh, you guys can get that shit. You guys yeah. can get the. I don't mean to cuss on your show, but <laughs> but yo, you guys can get all the privileges. And people sending you stuff. Yeah. I don't have any of that, and I'm cool with it. And so, that's gonna make me who I am. So, you, where do you coach at? You is it still you're still at Wayne Memorial? I'm saying with Wayne Memorial. Wait, okay. And uh, I mean, I work in I'm in Lincoln Park, and uh, you know, it's considered lower socioeconomics and stuff like that. So we have, you know, in teaching, we have all these districts. You know, going through this whole process. First of all, right. Is, you know, is it's crazy because we're not all in the same spot, you know, technology resources and all mm-hmm. this. So I'm curious to ask, you know, uh, is house coming house doing, were you guys able to work through the whole thing? Did they have to like, let you go or struggle. anything? It was a struggle. But you know, here's the thing you have at risk youth kids that are now having to be in control of their own, educational progress they were talking about independence now they're really independent right right now you now i can't put them in front of me and walk around them and say hey listen do your work get off youtube yep you you understand what i'm saying oh yeah you're you're taking the three percent of discipline that i had away from me yeah and now you're telling me to educate kids and you're telling me i gotta have a certain number or i cannot have a job yeah. It is the most hypocritical thing that you can say. You're holding me to the same standards that you're holding cast tech kids or renaissance <laughs> kids or kids that are academically in tune yeah. and academically focused to telling me, yeah, yeah, I don't care how y'all do it, just do it. Yeah, right. They, you know what? Being at that school, I realized like they don't give a crap what you do there. It's a no. good, it's a good story. So like whatever happens out of it, it's always you know they can publicize it and stuff at the end, the graduation and I'm stuff like that. I'm trying to keep a job. I'm trying <laughs> to show to. Okay, I'll say this. In in every situation, far as I want to say, um, let's say alternative ed schools. You have about 40, 40% of people that are really in it because they want to see change. And then you got people that absolutely come to 
get a check. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. I'm not sympathizing with this African-American kid that comes in and calls me a bitch or calls me and says they they don't feel like doing that. Or they, you've seen how the kids interact with the teachers. Yeah. You know that they'll talk to the teachers as if they're talking to one of their friends. Yeah, it's my very first experience. I don't even know this. So, uh, man, and I feel bad. Uh, but so I walk into the classroom and a student, uh, one of the computer, like looks at me, la- points and laughs and goes, look, it's Justin Bieber. And everyone <laughs> just laughed at me. So that was my first experience, you know, like, but it doesn't it humble me. I just laughed. I laughed it off and stuff or whatever. Like, what, like whatever. You have to. Right. You can't because that's their reality. Yeah. And in my day, if you said anything like that to a teacher, you're damn near. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, this is, the, this is the last chance program. Like they don't, they, they're on the, like, they you're trying to, less. yeah, like they they're already out the, out the way. Look. You're trying to like, no, come on. We should still do this. I no. got you. Okay. Like, you know, so, and you can't let like, like that, like a big part of what I learned is to let my ego go like, and just like, and just work on myself before I can like tell anybody else, like, who am I? Right. I, what kind of struggle and, you know, like, so I was pretty big and I, and I wanted to, I saw the way students ate and I'm like, guys, you got to eat better. But I'm like, I didn't eat well. So it was like, all right, I bet maybe I should do it. You know, like I have no reason not to, I'm old enough. I have enough. I'm making enough money where I should be eating a lot healthier and making better choices and stuff. So right. that, that, that role model that, thing you were talking about, you know, being about it, not just talking about it. One hundred percent. And who are who are we to decide how you rehabilitate? I can't tell you how to rehabilitate yeah, yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Because that's not what you grew up in. Yeah. You you could have grew up from different religious backgrounds. You could have grew up from a different pattern of what you saw successful far as the same thing I told my wife when I first got engaged um I told my wife I said I'm going to struggle with being a husband I don't know the first thing about it I don't know the first thing about a successful marriage that's not in my family that's not where I'm from where I'm from and it was in my family is a bunch of inconsistency values of how they're going to propel to get better and how they're going to continue their life. I don't have that. So you're going to, there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to have to take. Yeah. If you really want to make me a better man, because right now I know nothing about this. If you look at sports and you look at most, most of the successful men are adulterers. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, but he had a huge situation in Colorado. Yeah. You know what I mean? Michael That's... Jordan, you know what I mean? Jay-Z. You got all these powerful men that are continuous to be powerful. Yeah. And they've committed one of the greatest sins. Well, you know what's crazy though? Like how like on a level, like it's like looked at those guys when they do it though. And then you have like when the president does it, it's like oh, oh my god. Oh my god. It's it, hypocrisy? it's even more oh my, it's even more so. We criticize. Barack Obama for everything. <laughs> oh man, that man couldn't drink a cup no. of water correctly. And uh, you're absolutely right. And the thing is, like, I do disagree with things, but it's not what the media talks. Like, I disagree with some of the bombings and things that we kind of did in some of these absolutely. wars. But they don't. The, the news didn't talk about that. They're talking about all this stupid crap. Uh, it, man, 
we had a president that was that took everybody's best shot and still remained classy. Yeah, yeah. You got Donald Trump, <laughs> and you can say, "Man, I don't like your hair," and he go on a Twitter tirade oh, yeah. about you. Oh man, the walk down the the walking down the the ramp, dude. And his and his he did a press at his rally in uh, Tulsa that was uh, yeah. supposed to have a million people. He talked about it for I was listening to it. I was just like, okay, how is this gonna go? I was listening to it live and I stopped it. And I go, Kim, he's I can't believe it. He's literally talking about the ramp that he went down at the Air Force or whatever it was for and 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Yeah, that's like, important. Yeah. And then he took a drink of water. He's like, and then he threw the cup and the crowd went nuts. That that's and the bar. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I don't care of his inadequacies. I don't care that he he doesn't know what he's doing. He's my pigmentation. <sighs> That's all that matters. And as society, we're taught to ride for our own, even against the wrong. Yeah. But we we all know, and this isn't me, this isn't my views or thoughts, but I don't know all the qualifications for being a president. I just know he missed a couple. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a hell of a job. It's got to be the hardest job, right? I, like, and that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say he's a bad like, president or whatever the case may be. That's not for me to judge because I could be a bad human being. All I'm saying is I'm not sure he met all the requirements or, yeah. you know, he was on point with the prerequisite. Of being a, pres- a president, I did not vote for him, and but I, once you know it happened, I'm like, okay, maybe there's something. I, I'm at least open to the idea to give somebody he he wanted. I think fair and square. I don't know. I, I don't know, but uh, um, <laughs> he won the electoral college and the, he beat the system the way it was and stuff. And um, you know, okay, well, let's see what happened. And but if you've not looked over the last few years and you're still thinking about it, like. I don't know what you've been watching. You've probably been just watching one certain news channel or there's another one now that he, uh, he really likes own or something or OAN or something. OAN, like yeah, yeah. You've probably heard of that because of there's the college coach who had it on uh, Gundy. Is that his name from Oklahoma state football coach? I think his name was oh, yeah. Gundy. Yeah. 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 And he wore that and uh, his players saw it. Cause it's very, very far right like and the news covering and stuff like that and uh i know his star player who's supposed to be like really good um I'm, i should know his name i've been blanking on it but he spoke out about it and now i the coach even came out and like uh well apologize and i wonder why because you know right a lot of money involved right and it's oh, job ab- so ab- <laughs> and what else do you need if you're going to keep recruiting right and, right know, so don't think this is a holier than thou type of like, you know what, that was insensitive and stuff like, right. Come on. You know what I would like to see? Tell me if this is just, this is just a crazy idea. Cause we're, we talk about a, like, I, I mean, I try to like li- read data and I know you got to understand like sometimes data is miscued and stuff, but like the equity or the amount of money that are, you know, white people's wealth has grown compared to black people's wealth over like the last like 50 years and all this other stuff. Basically it's like black people did not grow any wealth and white people have gained a ton of wealth through family and, you know, passing on that stuff. Right. Like that. And now I forgot my point though. 
Oh, no. I mean, you know, we were talking about the Oklahoma State and the quality oh, of the yeah. money and the money. Oh, yeah. My crazy things. idea. Oh, my God. Duh. Yeah. My crazy idea is because, like, I, I there's been a lot of arguments of, like, how to get these ladies going with, like, ownership and stuff, right? Like, why do we, like, even negotiate, like, with these owners and stuff of, like, these leagues? Like, what if you just, like – all right, guys, we started our own league, Black-owned league, or at least some type of, like, equity for the players or something like that in the owner. Like, I don't understand, like, is there laws and contracts? Like, can there be something separate made? Because these, these owners, like, I've been following baseball mostly in negotiations and, like, all this testing and how much money they get and how much, you know, they're trying to fight over crumbs and all these minor league players are really getting screwed over, you know, and stuff 100%, like that. 100%. You know, they have not a shot. The minor so, league yeah, so I'm just very upset because a lot of people argue that, like, you know, the, the, the players are being greedy and, you know, because they talk about, like, the, the few that make a lot of money and stuff like that, not realizing how many this affects in the whole sport and, you know, so, but the owners are so heavily worried about their bottom dollar right now in a moment when they, you know, like, I'm kind of glad sports because I think sports draws away from the moment that's kind of actually revolution, political, you know, politically that's kind of going on and stuff, people being involved that way. So, you know, I love sports and stuff like that, but it also draws away sometimes of, you know, what we talk about, like what's really important. Like we love sports. We learn a lot from it, but sometimes Muhammad Ali and Colin Kaepernick, you have to make us, you know, we have to give the attention where the attention is needed and our energy and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I don't know what God that all the listeners pray to, but I do know, you know, you're going to need some God. I think God caused this pandemic to recenter everybody and let everybody know what's most important. You think these greedy sports people are losing millions, billions of cable, cable, uh, channels stock market has had a bad week yeah yeah it's it's awful people are i mean you're seeing million billion dollar corporations that like i lost a lot of money because i had invested in hertz running car company oh yeah and it's plummeting and i and i had stock in under armor it's we got all these things that are fortune 500 companies that are absolutely been at the top level yep. for so long. Yeah, I, I, I just saw Under Armour is trying to get out of their $280 million uh, contract with UCLA. Yep. yep. Now they're doing that because they don't have the money. Yeah. So. Because, yeah, because a lot of it's probably like on like what they're projected is going to happen and all this other stuff and how much money they, you know. Yeah. So and when you're talking about that much money, like, like oh, shoot, our sales are down because like, Things are going to get tight, I think. I don't think unless we, because there's been a lot of stimulus, but I don't know if you followed where that stimulus money has gone. It hasn't gone. I mean, we got a $1,200 check. At least I got one. Not everybody got one. I got one of those. And then unemployment's been nice for some people, but we're still missing a lot of people, you know, who, who didn't get that. And when rents and mortgages are going to be due again, and I don't think jobs are coming back. I mean, it's spiking again. We did not do a good job of getting rid of this virus. No, not at all. Like, at look all. what other countries at and where, what, how many they have infections, like, you know, Spain, I think, you know, like 350 today or something like that. You know, we're talking about the state of Florida right now is peaking every day. I don't know what it is today, but it's close to 10,000 a day. 10,000 a day. It, you know what? I saw, oh my gosh, because I don't, I mean, if you're following, you know, Florida, Texas, 
uh, are spiking really bad. I think California is really bad. But uh, I saw somebody from Michigan that I know fly to they went they just went to Florida and they're at restaurants and bars in Florida right now. Even though all the bars are closed, right? But guess what you could do? You could order food and get drinks. So you could order right. fries and just sit there. So you're picking at the fries and just keep ordering drinks all day. So no, I have a cousin that just flew to Miami. He took 75 people with him. What? <laughs> and, and they're down there partying in strip clubs. They're taking pictures. And it's like, we're doomed. Again, we're doomed. Again, I, I for me, <sighs> I hope that this thing, I, if it doesn't hit close enough to home, you don't weigh mm. it. And that's, I mean, yeah, absolutely, right? I mean, we talk about the whole police brutality. I think that's the whole thing is like people don't understand it. They don't see it. And that's what, video phones have changed everything. Oh like, my God. You oh know, you just now just document, you know, like what happened when these video phones weren't around? He's just like, do you think this just started happening? Like these videos and stuff like that? This is just mm. what we're being able to see. Because I've even seen people, you know, like, they try to like they try to delete that stuff and get rid of it and stuff like that. So I'm sure that has happened before where they get a hold of somebody's phone and delete the video footage and like Absolutely. you know, and if you try to like speak out or something, people just think you're crazy, right? If you speak out against like if you don't have like evidence and people who saw it, like if you speak out against the police, you're crazy. And not only that, guess what happens if you speak out against the police? There's a target on your back. Absolutely. Right? So here's the thing: imagine if we'd had a video camera. When Emmett Till was being like, oh my God, right? That, yeah. And then we right. had, that's why she had an open casket. So she, you know, to see, you know, the inhumanity. Like, you know, that, that's just the for first. For me, I don't understand how a person can be that, to hear that scream, to know that the punishment that you're inflicting is absolutely immeasurable. I don't put it. You take someone's eye out? Like, you have to be, you have to have no pulse. Like, at all. There's no way you can be breathing if you can physically watch a man. Oh, my God. Did you, uh, do you follow Cornell West? I've, I've heard some of, his di- of some of his dialogue, but I can't say that I'm, you know, very... You know, somebody I've I followed for a little while and stuff like that. He's obviously he, he. I mean, he's not a Democrat, or I mean, he's more. He did. He'd probably vote for Democrat, but like he doesn't like the neoliberalism. He thinks you know Democrats aren't much better, basically, because we're still about for-profit capitalism and war across the you know seas and stuff. I mean, that's where we make a lot of our money, right? It's cheap labor. We're always looking for cheap labor. That's how we've built our wealth. Is you know rich people, you know, but that's what I'm saying. Like you have to have money to go into the stock market, right? And you just invest your money in the stock market. Well, who's building, who's making those companies money and stuff like that, you know, then you're making more money than the people actually doing the labor for it. You know, we're not, we're not really giving fair money to labor, you know, like we're giving it to the investors and stuff like that. So um, right. we've talked about a lot of things. We've gone all over the place, but I love it because I, I, I miss you. And, uh, yeah, you know. yeah, absolutely. But that's what it's about, man. Like starting like when we first met, you know, we had a connection because I think both of our hearts and our minds are aligned with, with a reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even though we're both from both different walks of life, we still have a commonality of what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. And, you know, of course, there's some things that we possibly could disagree on, 
But oh, sure. at, the, at, at the core of us, we know yeah. that's black and that's white. Yeah. It, my point was uh, the Cornell West thing was actually he talks about because we were talking about how you kill somebody like that or you know, strangle somebody and do all this awful stuff to a human being. Uh, but he was there on the front lines of Ferguson and what were like the, the torches and stuff like that. And he talks about the experience and what he saw, the viciousness out of these people and what they wanted to do. You know, he couldn't see like a human soul or anything. It was like just like anger and hate like he's never felt and seen before. And, right. uh, you know, so it's out there and it's, it's scary, you know, that's how it's, you know, like we don't always see it and stuff like that. We, we assume it's not, it, but it's out there that, you know, and yeah, you know, just to know that people have for other people, other Americans, like first I'm a worldist, like I'm a globalist. Like I care about all the, like, you know, not just the humans here. I, like I said, I want to solve the issues here first, but eventually I'd hope to like, you know, solve, not be so imperialism and not try to enslave people to our capitalistic ways and getting money off their labor and resources and stuff like that. Because I think it has to be attacked the way that you want to, because that's what people are really going through. I went, went my first year in Russia, um, I had an old historian tell me about our, our army and how they taught the Russians how to be racist. And it was like, cause like my first year in Russia, I was walking down the street and these two, you know, Russian guys, probably my age a little bit. They, they did their arms like this and they was like, <laughs> monkey. And I was like, you know, my man, I'm small and brown skinned. If anything, I'll be more of a chimpanzee <laughs> than a monkey. And you got to figure out how to make a chimpanzee sound. Yeah, yeah. That isn't going to offend me. Yeah. But when I talked to an old historian over there, he said, where do you think they learned that from? He said, they didn't learn that from themselves. They had guys in the yeah. U.S. Army that would talk to them and teach them how to be racist. Yeah. And it's a learned, so, it's learned, right? I mean, you don't, you, you, hatred, I, I, hatred is absolutely learned. Right. I, I, I've never seen a little kid like out of his own, like, you know, like not like a black kid. I don't kid. know how to hate you. Yeah. Right. I don't, <laughs> you are colorblind until you get to that, till, till you get someone to teach you yeah. how to hate. Yeah. And yeah. I believe that. That's the only way we'll be able to, as a, a, a culture or even, you know, as a, a whole unit, a whole unit, that we'll be able to get over all the things that we are. If we don't, we have to stop it at birth. We have to stop it at birth. When I was in Russia, I, I was sitting at a restaurant, and this woman, she came from the back. She was the cook. Came from the back and she put her hands on my eye and she touched my eyelid. And so quite naturally, I jumped back like, "Yo, oh, hey!" This woman was 72 years old. She had never saw a black person in person. So she wanted to touch me because she thought we felt different, oh or she thought that it was going to be a different texture or something like that. Yep. I was in Gubani. Uh, La uh, Lafia. I was in Gubani. 
It's a small town, probably uh, one-tenth the size of Melvindale. Like, that's how small it is. It's just, yeah. it's no stoplights. Not one stoplight. It's all four-way stops. And that's how small this place is. And um, she came and touched my eyelids right here and said I had eyes like apples, and she just wanted to touch me. So you have a lot of experience, like, and that, I think that's what really makes you an amazing coach, right? You have like, you've been around, you've traveled the world. Uh, you have the same background as a lot of your students, right? And you might be able to explain. So I guess one of my questions is that like, uh, first of all, again, your relationship is amazing. Cause I, I saw a story. Someone, one of them created a book for you and gave it to you, you know, like, oh man. They, oh, they, they're, they're giving you things. They're creating things for you. And that's when, you know, you know, it's not just money, but when they create something that takes time and energy, you know what I'm saying? And like they're athletes thought. too. It's thought. The yeah, exactly. Thought. Yes. The, the real love behind it. Yeah. That's got to feel I mean, great. Like that. Oh my God is immeasurable. Right. Because I don't care if I ever touch another kid. I know I touched one that appreciated my my work ethic that appreciate everything I did for them and it was a mutual love this is the most thankless job in the world coaching is the most thankless job in the world you are criticized the heaviest and paid the least <laughs> yeah. you you took my kids confidence well if it wasn't for the high school coach who didn't care or would have spent my kid would have went to a better school, which would have gave them a better opportunity in life. Oh my God, we are the end of all be all with, I wouldn't even say minimum pay. The money I make from Wayne Memorial goes to gas, food. <laughs> and yeah. if you get a $3,000, $4,000 stipend uh, yeah. <laughs> for a whole year. Now yeah. I practice my kids, yeah. you know, a lot. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. That's if you pretty, want to be good, right? If you want to be a top level, like it's not you can't just go during. Yeah. Like, listen, all right, here's a little bit of a time. You're like, listen. The, the money that they give me in a year, I should get a week. Yeah. Right. That's I mean, how hard I work. Right. And the, uh, what you're competing against, you know, we talk about what's equitable and what's equal and the resources that you have to like. You talk about what your pay is. What you got to like provide which is also you know like i'm sure what was this so i'm assuming you guys did not get to finish your season this past right. year i'm assuming you were still in the playoffs at that time you weren't we actually lost the game that we we just lost that day the day okay. that they stopped everything we just lost were you supposed to lose that game right i mean right no, i'm asking right. were you supposed to were, no. were no? Well, at, at, as a high school coach you shouldn't you shouldn't feel like that yeah you know yeah exactly so, um, so, uh, I forgot what I was saying, but yeah, so you, uh, you guys made it to, uh, it sucked because, uh, our boys Lincoln park, they just won like a, they were, I think they were going to be in the district finals or something, which is something that hasn't happened in like a long time or whatever, you know? And then they just, yeah, they just stopped it, which was about like March 13th. I was coaching baseball and mm -hmm. we were real excited for this year. Cause we were kind of younger last year and stuff like that. And we went through our growing pains and this was, you know, so, I mean, my, it's probably a good thing for me because I was so excited i was throwing so many pitches i was throwing my arm my arm was so sore and like even on march 13th like the last day when it all like around ended like 
for two weeks, my arm was like sore after that and stuff or whatever, but I was excited for this year and that just kind of sucked or whatever. Um, but, uh, as coaching, um, again, you, you're the relate, the experiences that you have, the, like, this is what makes you such a great coach. Um, so on the road, do you ever experience racism on the road or anything like that? Have you guys experienced that or anything like that? Where well, it's, it's a lot more hidden now. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, we went and played. I mean, that's Howard. how kids are, right? That's how they're. they're yeah. Yeah, they're, of course. You know, yeah. We're not going to catch that. So they're going to like always be switching that stuff up, right? Right. Yeah. We went, we went and played at Howell. Yeah. Michigan. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that's where the Grand Master is actually from, of the yeah. Kukas yeah. clan. Um, which they did have a they did have a Black Lives Matter protest there, so that was like a big thing. Like for people, right, who right. Know I mean, Howell and stuff. That like, it's, it's you're in hell reading the Bible. So, um, <laughs> so uh, yeah. but the thing is, I think when you look at the way racism can be hidden now to avoid complications for your life bigger. It's a lot more doable now. Really? It, it's, huh. it's going to exist until the end of time. <sighs> but there's also ways that now they're getting a lot smarter because now people are being tried. Had this been yeah. Yeah. In, had this been um, 1970, uh, Derek Chauvin would have gotten um, probation. He might have got promoted. <laughs> right. You know, you understand what I'm saying? So yeah. now, oh, yeah. wait a minute. It's filmed. Yep. Yeah, we're not getting away with this. I mean, he thought I think he thought he was going to. Oh, absolutely, because he thought it was justified. Like yep. how? I don't know. I, 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 but again, now we live in where we actually have black judges. Yeah. Now we have uh Black people that will actually protest until it gets better, or now we have black people that will literally burn up a whole city. Yeah. So now you have the way we're not as tamed as some of our predecessors were in the seventies and eighties. Well, we're not okay. So we're not even that far removed from the 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 young girl who's like what the first uh, girl to like go to be integrated into a white school. That was like she was like six right. at the time or something. Exactly with armed people, and she's still alive. Like she's like seventy six today or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we still have people that live live through that experience. And we, you know, so to think that like you know, and I think that's what. Um, some of these people just don't think it's exists out there, you know, and I, I'm relative to some of those people, you know what I'm saying? They live in their little bubble or something. And then, you know, there's propaganda too, right? We're probably, right. you know, do we think we're the only country nation that wasn't propagandized by their government or anything like that. Like that's, if you read history again, that's why a history is so important. That's what governments do. They want you on their side. They're going to do what they can. They're going to try to manipulate you and stuff like that. And, and, and they're going to blame the world. Yeah, yeah, it's never their fault, right? This is why. So now when you see young, angry Blacks looting, now the people that are trying to or have uh, hidden agendas about Blacks and say, see, 
Yeah. Why? And that, yeah, I know. Yeah, and that's what they focus on, that. right? That's all you'll see if you watch any of the cable news channels or whatever. Oh, look at the fire. And like, yeah, it's a very yeah. small, it's very small picture of it, actually what's going on and stuff like that. Yeah. They don't want the change. Not, people, not, any of these cable news channels, they're not giving you, they're, they're not going to show you the actual structural change that they want because they don't benefit from that. They, they're benefiting. They're benefiting right now. They're benefiting from this presidency, right? Their numbers got to be through the roof. So their advertising is through the roof. Like they're making so much money off all this right now. Here's the thing. It's about control. If you look at even what is being shown on TV and the radio, if you listen to the radio, now you have the artists that have no talent. They have absolutely no temp. There's a song where there were the songs. And they program it into us, right? By just playing it over and over. So you eventually, like, you're, at first you're like, I don't, I don't know. Why, why are they playing this? And then next thing you know, it's been played so much. If you're listening to the radio, that you're like, oh, Listen, okay. They had a song on the radio. The damn core was, chorus was Molly Percocet. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, and it's like, and, but it repeats that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We are literally talking about a drug that addicts people, and we're looping it in the kids' mind. Oh, so he, this is our subtle way yeah. of controlling the youth and the kids that are, are going to be our future. Now what's played in their head? Molly Percocets. Gotta represent Molly. And it's like, wait. Now they won't play a Talib Kweli <laughs> or a Common or no. any any artist right. that makes sense. You don't ever hear that. You might hear every once in a while, the like, right? But like, you hear one out of 10. Think about it. Will Smith made a career of not cursing in his, yeah. l- look how long his rap career lasted. He had to jump into the movies. Yeah. Now maybe the movies was a little bit more lucrative, I get that, but yeah. let's yeah. play. I did buy his CD, that's one of my first CDs I ever bought was Will Smith. <laughs> right, he's a, he's a talent, but he's yeah. not promoting yeah. what they want. Yeah. drug selling, you you got these rap artists now. They're promoting buying Bentleys, buying Maserati. If you go in most neighborhoods, you'll see crazy European cars. And how and the houses like, look. And the houses are way less value than the car. Right. You have a BMW 745 that maybe retails for 80000 And this car is on a street... Um, a street called Mendota on the west side of Detroit where the average house is 60,000. So again, this is how I keep them controlled. Make them invest their money into dumb shit. Uh, Yeah. And materialistic things. They want to continue to make us rich and continue to kill each other for it. It's the greatest scheme of all well, time. What was it? H&M workers in India or somewhere just like had a huge protest or whatever? Because again, all this, I mean, we are the benefits. We, we could talk about the 1% here and the, 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 the super rich here. 
but also again, the way we all, most of us live here in America, we benefit off of other, you know, people and their human rights and stuff like that. And we also got to, you know, look consciously into ourselves. I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm at guilty for it too. And I'm also trying to get better at that and trying to be, you know, not like as wasteful with things and stuff to understand like we are, there's only so many resources in this earth. And if we're all greedy, like the most Americans are again, which is part of the issue is because we, we were so independent minded rather than collective minded. Again, there is a good thing in independent. It should be like overlap together, right? With the, you know, work on yourself, but also understand that like there we're in this together, right? Like if there's no earth, we talk about climate change or anything like that. You want to get into the, one of the, probably maybe the biggest issue going on, even, you know, I mean, obviously racial tensions are big and stuff, but if there's no earth to be on here, if we destroy the earth, like there's no place for any of us. So to understand that we're all in this together, you know, no. like this, this COVID, like we're not even in this together. We can't even get together as like, we have the technology that like as a world, we should be able to conquer this type of thing. But like, I know, I understand what they're scared of. Is that like that, that world domination and that like being controlled by this global, like that's what they're going to say. That's what the scare tactics are going to say. But like, we have too much technology. We should be able to squash this thing or have done things in place, but. Right. Well, you know, we saw the genocide try to take place with Adolf Hitler. And so I, I believe that some Caucasian people think this world could be better off without a different pigmentation. Um, But I think that once people get a realization of there's somebody or there's a higher power that awaits you, that awaits every decision that you make, good or bad, and if you can't find a serenity in that, then that's when you need to do a reconstruction over your habits and your soul. So you understand like, what I mean? Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. And, you know, uh, like you said, like I, all religions, because I teach world history and we talk about all the different types, you know, the main religions and stuff like that. But like all of them, they're very similar in many ways. And, you know, trying to like focus in, you know, like you are God whatever you, you know, you're a part of whatever you believe in, that's a part of you. So like in Buddhism and stuff, like you are the enlightenment and you just got to start acting that way and believing, and then you'll be that almost. Right. Like, right. The, you know, it's like the, uh, make it, or what's the old saying? Like, uh, Play it till you make it. I know I'm messing it up, but act like you make, you know, like you uh, uh, fake it till you make it. Fake it till I couldn't even couldn't even fake that. But yeah, fake right. it till you make it, right? Like that whole thing of like just being about it, you'll figure it out almost, right? Like how many times have you been scared of like something, a new obstacle or something? But if you just go in with confidence and trust yourself, you know, you can usually come out on top. Because there's two choices. Either it's gonna work or it's not. Yeah. You know, you know and you got to be okay with failure, right? You got to be okay with that binary option sometimes that, okay. And, and, and we aren't. I think that most people that go into things because the world teaches you to have a safety net, I think we overanalyze what that really means. Because I need to get my grades, I don't have to be the best basketball player because I need to have something to fall back on. That, that plan B mentality. Yeah. But it allows us to be lazy. It, yeah. uh, gives, it gives us an opportunity to say, well, that didn't work. Yeah. I, I, I swung once. Yeah. That didn't work. 
Well, as a coach, you know, and as a recruiter, maybe in college, you know, I'm sure like other things besides just sports are kind of important to like, cause like what, how you do one thing sometimes is how you do a lot of things. Right. So if you just don't take things serious and you're just, you know, like if I see you in class, just not giving any effort when I really feel like this is maybe an important subject or, you know, at least, you know, be respectful or something like that, you know, we can't though, we can't though, because I, I can't subscribe to what you're doing because I got my own feelings. Like I could be sitting here right now, your radio show, you're trying to get it off the ground. I could be sitting here texting, <laughs> playing video games, right. answer your questions. <laughs> Malik, you know, I yeah, man, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, kind of, this, this interview would have been over 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Because I could have been one wording you to death. Oh, yeah, you feel like that? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it would have been no conversation. Yeah. All right, thanks, but, man. <laughs> right, because you have an aspiration, as I have an aspiration, I can put aside however I'm feeling. This is Sunday morning. Yep. But I, yep. I just finished church, et cetera, et cetera. I got a multitude of things to do. Absolutely. But if I can place myself in your shoes and rank the level of importance, I made myself better because I stepped outside of what I felt. I didn't, I, I could easily, uh, yeah, man, time. I, I ain't doing this right now, man. You know, you, you yeah. caught me at a bad time and it's always an inopportune time, but <laughs> yo. that's the truth right there. It's always an inopportune time, right? We always have excuses or reasons oh why, but if you yeah. really want something, right? That's what I tell kids. We work with kids, right? They right. can't do that. We hear how, what they can't do, but we talk about what they can do and how they figure it out. Like, how do you, we're, the, we're, you know, how the brain function come from there? So if you could do this, you can do X, Y, Z, right? Right. And that makes me say, you listen, I'm not going to make that excuse because I'm going to take this opportunity and I'm going to use this to make myself better. And I can say that. I can say I got yeah. better without with this, within this conversation, even though I did have something to do, even though I could be doing something else. Yep. But because we don't see the instant benefit, yep. the level of importance shrinks. That's crazy. Yeah, because like, and that's why relationships are so, you know, and bonds are so important. Like, but like most people go into a bonds thinking like, what can I get out of this? You know, that's what we forget about that collectivism, right? Like, I don't know out of all my students, I don't know who's going to make it, who's going right. to be, you know, maybe a Bill Gates or something, but all I can do is try to encourage them to be the best people that they can be at the, you know, at this moment in time and keep growing, encourage them to keep growing because I'm still growing. I've learned no and I've done stupid it. things, right? I've, I've had stupid thoughts, but you know, like you reflect on them and you think about them, where do they come from? And you question yourself to grow, right? Like, just don't think you figured it all out. You got it. Well, because you never have, even in life or things that you are really a professional in, yeah. I make a million basketball mistakes each year. Yep. And because I, I don't separate from who I am to who they are. Yeah, Jarvis Mitchell knows how to play hard every minute. But does this kid know how to? Yeah. Jarvis Mitchell knows how to love his teammates and knows the importance of camaraderie. But does this kid that's from the east side of Detroit know who has been taught to anything that sounds remotely disrespect, they fly off the handle. 
So that balance alone has me humbled every day because I don't know everything. And even yeah. though I think I'm at the pinnacle of my career, I've been USA Today Coach of the Year. I've, I've got a gazillion Coaching of the Year awards. I put a lot of kids in college. Yeah. So I run two successful programs. But does that mean I am the best or I know the best? But what makes me feel like I'm the best is my impact away when they're no longer beneficial to me. Yeah. That's when I feel like you're the best coach. Uh, my kids, now that I've graduated, they'll come here to my house and they'll just sit at my house. They'll chill and talk. My kids are with the college. They'll come and stay at my house because I'm who they feel comfortable around with. And that's the best coach. Oh, and you know what, man? I think last time we talked about this, like coaching uh, the, the girls instead of the boys and what comes with that. And, you know, it's, you know, along with racial issues, we've got a lot of gender issues going on too, that we're facing as a generation. And, you know, that are, can't go unspoken about uh, one of my last episodes was with uh, Ellen uh, with my friend, Ellen in uh, Sackowitz. And I recommend if you go listen to that episode, but she's somebody who's been in the comedy game and improv with me for a while. And I'm oblivious, right? I'm a pretty, I would describe myself as like just a, a hopeful, good guy that wants to have a good time and do well, right? Prosper. But sometimes I may be oblivious to like other people's intentions are or something like that, or give people the benefit of the doubt, maybe who should don't deserve the benefit of the doubt and stuff like that. Right. And speaking with her, you know, she's just talked about a lot that like, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes, you know, or like, I don't know about it. just because I don't know or see about it doesn't mean it's not happening or whatever. Again, kind of just like the whole racial, the police brutality thing, right? Like I don't see it or feel it. So, but it doesn't mean it's not existing. And we just talked about, you know, in stand-up comedy, this has been kind of, I don't know if you know who Chris D'Elia is. No, I don't. So this comedian who just came out and it looks like he's been like uh, talking to underage women and uh, he's like an older comedian and stuff like that and like grooming them and sounds like maybe and stuff like that. But, you know, there's this big issue of like him being older. And um, I don't know if, did you see Athlete A? Have you heard about Athlete A, the new documentary? No, I haven't. So a new documentary just kind of came out about uh, the women gymnastics team and Larry Nasler and what happened at Michigan State with him. And okay. uh, there's like just been a lot, a lot of things. I was actually supposed to hopefully, maybe I will, I would like to, but speak to somebody that was a part of that actually, a whole terrible thing and just, uh, you know, have a conversation with that. But like me and Kim just watched that documentary and it's like, it's heartbreaking, man. Just like, you know, so it's important to have people like you and you know that they're coming, you have a special bond because they're coming back to you. Um, but like, we got to protect these young people. There's a lot of, you know, religions, colleges, you know, you have the Penn State whole situation, oh Ohio State wrestlers, right? Um, you know, so it's just important that like, through all this revolution that we're trying to help each other and help our young people feel safe, right? Sex trafficking is like huge and stuff like that. And I don't know if you follow Milwaukee, I tell you to go look at Milwaukee, what's happened the last few days. It's kind of, it's crazy. I don't want to get too far into it, but like, um, you know, we got to protect our young people. And right. Uh, well, here, here's the thing. I, 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 Cause it was, you touched on something. When you talk about gender or you talk about, um, not only gender, but okay. Say this. 
Michael Sams, right? Uh, the football player who announced he was gay before yeah. the draft. He was defensive player of the year in a power five conference and went on and got drafted late or whatever yeah. the case may be, but end up being cut. He, there's no way in hell you're going to tell me this guy was defensive player of the year. And this, he wasn't defensive player of the year in a Mac conference. Yeah. He wasn't defensive of the year player of the, he was defensive of the year. A defensive player of the year in a Big 12 football conference with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, where they play football. Yeah. And he was cut with no justification but the realization of he admitted he was gay. He admitted. Do you think that he's the only gay player in the NFL? Exactly. <laughs> but he... <laughs> He felt he felt the pressure. No, I I get why he came out. It's important, but it's just ludicrous. If you think that he's the only one that is gay in the NFL, then you're absolutely crazy. You don't understand sexuality and the percentages and how many amongst you know. It it is what it is. Right. Again, but now what 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 you have that even more imprisons someone who struggles with their sexuality. Right. I don't want to lose millions because the people, the same people I support are going to be the same people that are going to turn it back on me when I need them. I, okay. Like, like Colin Kaepernick, he's, he's came out and said, you know, you know, he, he nailed or whatever the case may be. How many black people you think are sending him money? How many black people you think started a GoFundMe page to support what would be his NFL contract, even though he fought and stood up for them yeah, and for them to be proud. How many people you think of saying, man, you know what? I don't know if this will help, but here's $20 just because yeah. you can't. So if I'm a person that has worked my ass off my entire career to make it to this pro level, but I have a dark past that I can easily, easily hide. Now I got to figure out, again, this comes back to who am I a slave to? Am I a slave to my own integrity or am I a slave to my livelihood? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're a slave to somebody. A lot of people, and unfortunately, that's what capitalism does to you, right? They get you, they get you caught on the materialism and, and like, well, something I have talked to my friend about is just like in our culture, sex sells, right? It's everywhere. And uh, from what I hear, if like you were to do like a retreat where you just like, decomposed or you got away from technology and you just you know just out in the woods or something right the one of the first things that kind of happens the realization of like oh my god like how it's in our face everything you watch and every advertisement it's like sexuality you know and it's not really like what is important to us what's important to our culture and right we got to look again our reflection and see who we are and it's you know just but and I'm not one to like, we need to censor everybody. You can't do this or that, but I'm just saying, what is our focus and how do they, how do they convince us? And like you said, the Molly Percocet, it's being ingrained in our brains, right? Repeated over and over and over. Well, we see these ads over and over and over of drinking. Like, I don't understand like how alcohol is so celebrated. Right. I had an addiction to alcohol. I would say, I wouldn't say an addiction, but I used it, overused it. And it did not help me. It definitely made me, bad in many areas my diet uh just 
it just detracted me from what my actual goals were, right? And I think that that's part of what Covenant House did was help me find a purpose, right? Some right. of us don't have a purpose. And I realized like, I can help others. And, th- and I think that's what I found a purpose in was actually, because I was kind of lost probably before I got there. Like I just, I got, I graduated, right? I graduated college, but like, I didn't feel like I was really successful or anything. Like I did anything. I was just like, okay, whatever. Like my mom told me to go to college. I went to college, got a degree and stuff, but it wasn't until going there I realized like, oh, people can, I can help people, but I had to help myself first again, right? Like I looked at myself and my like, okay, how can I push myself so I can at least understand? That's how you're going to build relationships. Like, right? Like if you're just somebody who has been all college with no experiences, you're going to have a hard time building relationships with people that you're trying to educate or whatever. Right, right. Uh, Exactly. Uh, Tom, I'm going to have to stop this interview. Um, okay. I got uh, my player and a parent here. So, but no uh, again, I, I really appreciate it. And thanks for, you know. Um, well, I appreciate you, man. Uh, you guys got, if they can hear me, uh, you guys got a great coach here. So appreciate them. Oh, man, thank you. Thank uh, you. Yeah, no, keep going, dude. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I'm very proud of you. That's why I reach out to you and you're my first guest. And I know I didn't do well. I mean, I don't want to say I did, but I, I kept it short and I didn't, uh, I feel like give you an opportunity because I wasn't, I was still learn learning, right. As you know, right. brand new. So I get, you know, I just want to, I love talking to you. Uh, Thank you. Tell Mr. Lindsay, I said, hi, I'm going to have to yeah, reach out right, to him. Right. <laughs> I, miss, I miss all you guys. Keep doing what you're doing at Covenant House. Keep doing what you're doing as a basketball coach. And uh, shout out to your A1. You still have that uh, other program? AAU, yeah. Yeah, AAU One Nation. Program, One Nation. One Nation. Yeah. Uh, we have a really good player at Lincoln Park. Check her out. I'm blanking on her name, though, but I don't know if you know about her. But uh, I do. Um, our trainer at Wayne Memorial now is the trainer at Lincoln Park, as she told me. But oh, I think yeah. the kid, the kid uh, is a little, little intimidated a little bit. You know, what? So, I, yeah, I, I think she likes being a big fish at a small pond. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to push her to be pushed, you know. Yeah, exactly. Because I've been that before. Right. You get a little bit comfortable sometimes when you're the top. It's easy. Right. And then, right. You know, I want you know, like, no, I need you to push yourself to push the others. And I want to be a top program. I don't want just you to be a top. All right. You got people there. I appreciate That's it. I love That's all good. That's all good. You later. Man. All right. Have thanks. a good Bye. All right. Powered by Pinecast. Check out Pinecast for all your hosting needs. Thank you. Have a good one.